If you grab your Bible, if you have it, open to 2 Kings chapter 17. 2 Kings chapter 17. Um, if you would, uh, you can title this message, Let Nothing Simmer. Let Nothing Simmer. You there? Yes. Yes, you're there. Okay. Feel better now. Okay, here we go. Verse 1. In the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah, Hoshea, the son of Elah, became king of Israel. So Israel and Judah are split in half right now, or should I say um, the people of Israel are split up into two different nations. We have Israel and then we have Judah. And uh, the king of Israel was in Samaria and he reigned nine years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, but not as the kings of Israel who were before him. Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against him, and Hoshea became his vassal and paid him, paid him tribute money. In other words, he became subject to him. So Assyria, the king of Assyria was a, was a leader. He was a ruler from outside and uh, uh, from another nation. And he came in and, uh, and, 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 and had an awesome conversation with uh, Hoshea, the king of Israel. And they became buddies in such a way that Hosea, the king of Israel, actually followed him and uh, kind of submitted to him. The king of Assyria uncovered a conspiracy by Hosea, for he had sent messengers to, to So, king of Egypt, and brought no tribute to the king of Assyria as he had done year by year. Therefore, the king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison. So the king of Israel is now being thrown into prison because he gave in to the king of Assyria. He became his little puppy dog. Now the king of Assyria went throughout the land and went up to Samaria and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Israel took Samaria and carried Israel away to Assyria and placed them in Halah and by the Habor, the river of Gozan and the cities of Medes. For so it was the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord, their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and they feared other gods and had walked in the statutes of the nations whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel and out of the kings of Israel which they had made. Also the children of Israel secretly did against the Lord their God things that were not right. And they built for themselves high places in all their cities, from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. They, there they burnt incense on all the high places like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them. And they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols of, of which the Lord had said to them, you shall not do this Thank. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah and by all the prophets, every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent you uh, to you by, uh, by servants, the prophets. Nevertheless, they would not hear, but stiffen their necks like the necks of their fathers who did not believe in the Lord their God. It goes on and on. This is what it says, verse 15. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that, that he made with their fathers and his testimonies which he had testified against them. They followed idols, became idolaters, and went after the nations who were all around them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. You with me? Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. How was TNL tonight? Yes. Somebody enjoyed it. I wish I could have seen it. Here we go. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Reads like this. Keep your heart. Say that with me. Keep 
My goodness. Say that with me. Keep. Okay, keep. Yes. Sound like we're saying sheep. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. And he goes on and on. I'm going to read that again. We're going to pray. We're going to get started here. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Amen. Will you pray with me? Ask God to speak to us. Father, we thank you so much that you're here. God, as we've already experienced, but God, we're desperate for more. And God, we know that you are doing greater things than this than what we've already experienced. And so, God, we ask that from the teaching and preaching of this word, God, that you'd bring clarity and understanding. God, that you would restore us. God, that you'd renovate us. God, that you'd set us free and bring liberty to us, God, where we are bound. God, purge the poisons from us. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. How are you guys doing tonight? You know, I'm really, I'm really thankful for the way God made our bodies. Our bodies are very unique in the sense that, did you know that your body actually has this uh, innate ability? Innate, this simply means natural ability. That your body has a natural ability to purge itself from sicknesses and from poisons and from disease. So when you have poisons in you, your body actually will naturally purify itself. When your body gets overwhelmed and cannot purify itself, you will get what's called a fever. Anybody ever had a fever? Sweet. Fevers are good. Some of you are thinking, what? If you have a fever, don't take an aspirin. It's not smart, even if your mom tells you to. The purpose of a fever is that your body is working harder to heal itself. And so when you take a drug that stops you from producing extra heat in your body to purify itself, to relieve itself of the poisons, ultimately to sweat, you're stopping the body from its intent and from its purpose. So when you get a fever, what you should do is get a sweater on with a hoodie, put some sweatpants on, some socks, curl up into bed with seven blankets, and cover up. You think I'm kidding. I'm being serious. Cover up and sweat that stuff out. What will naturally happen is you will break that fever. And if you break the fever, you actually will heal quicker and restore faster. It's making sense. Bodies are amazing. Don't stop the natural progression of what your body's doing. Did you know that when you eat food and any given meal, there are over 90 million bacteria that you are partaking? And so your body, whether you eat at McDonald's or Moose's Tooth, bless you, Lord help them, if you eat at McDonald's, I reiterate, you're probably eating 6 trillion bacteria. But regardless of what you eat or how you eat, you are partaking of probably 90 million bacteria. Isn't that amazing? And your body actually has a system in place that when you eat, it takes hold of all the poisons that should not be there. It destroys them and releases them. And when you cannot 
or rather, when your body is not operating as though it should, when your liver is not operating as though it should, when your gallbladder is not operating as though it should, when your appendix is not operating as though it should, when your small and large intestine are not operating as though they should, what happens? You get sick. Because what happens is that these bacterias begin to sit. And if your liver isn't doing its part to relieve itself of the poisons, then the poisons will just sit inside the body. And the poisons sit inside the body, bad juju. And you know what's crazy? Even if it's not poison, even if it's good food and it just sits in your body, it will eventually become poisonous. What happens if you take amazing food and you left it outside by itself for four days? You will see one first maggots, right? They disappear. There they are. What the frick? Where, where do they even come from? I'm sure somebody knows. Well, what happens? And then flies start flying over the food. Just four days ago, it was great food, but because it was sitting there, it got disgusting. Poisons and flies and bugs were attracted to this thing. There's a principle. As God told us, even not to eat from the manna that was from yesterday unless it was the Sabbath. You're not supposed to eat what was from yesterday. I opened this statement up with, man, our bodies are amazing. I'm thankful for our bodies. I've been sick all day. But I knew I was supposed to be here. Just to give you something real small, not something too huge. So to some will be bigger because you'll apply it. To others, you'll think I'm crazy. But to a good percentage of you, you'll receive it. You'll never be the same. I really mean that. Woke up this morning, kind of chilled. Anybody ever felt that before? I thought it was because all I was wearing was shorts, but then I realized that it wasn't because of that. It was because I actually had a fever. And progressively, the fever got worse and worse and worse. So what did I do? Took an Advil. No. Crawled up in bed with my hoodie and sweated that fever out. I went from like 102 to a 98.9 in one hour. It was crazy. Seven blankets up to my neck. I drank two cups of water. That's the other thing. Drink water. You might die if you do that, if you don't drink enough water. <laughs> Everybody's like, I think I'm going to go with Advil. I'm going with Advil. <laughs> but then I was like, man, I'm getting ready to speak tonight. I'm excited. But somehow, some way, things started getting worse in my gut area. And I realized that this wasn't just a fever. That's something wrong. So I went to my brother, who's a doctor. Long story short, found out that I have, still have, and don't gross out and get all grossed out because you have them in your body as well. 
I have parasites in my liver right now. Poison in my liver. Because my liver isn't functioning properly. Because something just got stuck in my liver. And so when it gets stuck, your liver doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And you just hold on to poisons. Until you throw it up or you poop it out. Trying to be honest. Or you sweat it out. There's other ways as well. So I'm in this awkward place. I'm going to shorten the story for you. Long story short, approximately one hour ago, I was sitting at home. Told Matthew I'm not coming. Pray for me. And about five minutes later, I threw up. I feel so good now. I actually feel like 70, 75% or so. Not 70, 75%. Our bodies are amazing. It is designed to heal itself. How much more your soul? The Bible likens our relationship with, to God and our relationship with one another as a body. When your body isn't functioning properly, And things just simmer. You get sick. Awesome passage, Second Kings, chapter seventeen. This was the last king, the nineteenth king, the ninth generation of kings in the land of Israel. Last king. You with me? Why was he the last? Because he did something really, 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 really bad. It opens up in verse 3 and it says that he sinned against the Lord their God, but not like their other fathers and kings did in the past. And what this king, Hosea, did caused them to completely be obliter obliter obliterated. Excuse me. And their, all of their people from Israel were taken out of Samaria and put in Assyria. They left a few remaining. This is why in John chapter 4, the Jews did not like the Samaritans. Why? Because then five other nations moved into Samaria and married with those who were in Samaria. So they intermarried. If you read and study the book of Deuteronomy, you will find a few things that God told them not to do. And the primary one was this. When you come into the land, destroy every inhabitant that is in the land. The Bible says, God said, Utterly blot them out. Show no mercy to them. Completely destroy them. And they go, why? He said, because if you leave them and you let them simmer there, it will be to your downfall. And they said, we'll never do that. But that's exactly what this guy did. It was nine generations later. But still, apparently the message wasn't transferred. The guy not only let in other nations to lead him, but he also worshipped their gods. And not only worshipped their gods, but he worshipped in their style. And because King Hosea did not guard and protect his land, it led to utter downfall and destroy. And all of them were taken out. And they lost their nation. Bad, bad. Things you don't do. 
Bible says, keep your heart. For from it spring the issues of life. You with me? In the Old Testament, the Bible is literal, but it's also symbolic. It's a metaphor for us. The Bible speaks of land in the Old Testament, speaking us in the New Testament of our heart. Jesus talks of that all the time. So the Bible is speaking to us here in 2 Kings chapter 17. And something that the king did not do right was that he did not guard and protect the land. He let anybody come in, and it led to their downfall. So when God tells us to guard or keep and protect the heart, because from it springs the issues of life, that's a pretty big deal. If they lost their entire nation, and thousands of people died, and they completely lost their name, and the Bible says that God turned his face from them, how much more our soul? How much more our heart? Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 26, What is it to a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? What is it to a man if he takes all of his energy and focuses on the things of this world, but yet he's not good at keeping and protecting and guarding his heart? In other words, you are a steward and a keeper of your soul. In other words, your job as a human being is to guard, protect, and keep and watch over your soul. And if you don't do that well, but you live nonchalantly, you will spiritually walk in death. You will be bound and hopeless and frustrated in life. Keep your heart. Keep your heart. There are things birthing in this youth ministry right now, and this is a timely word, because I cannot ignore how many people are coming to me with jealousy, with envy, with bitterness, with contention, with strife, malice, comparison, competition, anxiety, control. Worry, a really, really, really guilty conscience, and the list goes on and on and on. Listen, the only way that happens is that you aren't guarding your heart. The only way that jealousy comes into my heart is if I wasn't guarding my heart. Yeah, that's right, Gabriel, when I feel jealousy, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Wrong thing to do. Gabriel, when I start getting anxious and and worried, I just say, no, Jesus, I'm not worried. Wrong thing to do. Gabriel, when I start realizing I'm comparing with somebody, I say, no, 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 I'm not comparing. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm good. I tear down that high thought. Wrong thing to do. When I start getting sinfully angry, when I say sinfully angry because there's a healthy anger, The Bible says don't sin in your anger. The Bible says don't be angry. It doesn't say don't be angry. But when you get an unhealthy anger where rage begins in your heart and envy and malice begins to be formed, you say, no, I'm not angry. I love that person. The devil's a liar. You don't love that person. You hate that person. You're following me. What I'm saying is this. Guard your heart. Gabriel, how do I do that? 
It's really fun. You got to learn how to, one, let things, sorry, don't let things come in that shouldn't come in. Two, deal with things that are already in there. Or I should say this way. One, deal with those things that are in there by going to a person, repenting and making it right and confessing your trespasses, sins to God and the things you're struggling with. Two, don't let other things in. And three, don't let things simmer. I use that word things intentionally because when I mean things, I mean everything. If you're really sad, don't let that emotion simmer because you eventually lead yourself to self-depression. Don't let it simmer. Cry. Weep. Go to people. Go to God. And be a good steward of your heart. If you're hurt, don't let it simmer because you will let in resentment. You will let in bitterness. You'll let it in envy, and you're being a horrible steward of your heart. Hey, what do I do if I'm hurt? Go to the person that hurt you and tell them, you hurt me. Here's, here's one that's really, really, really prevalent right now. If you really, really, really want to spend time with somebody, you really, really, really want a deeper relationship with somebody, as all of you do in this room right now, there's somebody in this room, or somebody at home, or somebody in your school that you want a deeper relationship with, there's a desire in your heart to be closer with somebody, there's a yearning in your heart to have intimacy with somebody in a healthy way, but if you let that sit there, and you don't deal with it, Gabriel, how do I deal with it? Go to the person and tell them, I really, really, really want to have a deep relationship with you. But that's, that's humbling. It is humbling. It's exactly what you need. And if you don't deal with it, you know what will be birthed? A lack of intimacy. You know what's birthed and a lack of intimacy? Competition. Jealousy. Comparison. 